Welcome to Bat Therapy, the psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. I'm so excited for today. Fun fact, we, we, so we had, we're, do, we're talking injustice and we had this on the list for a while and I kept bringing it up to Keaton, like, well, we have to do injustice. We can't do <laughs> Elseworlds and alternate realities without doing injustice. And then Keaton kept saying we should do something else. And then one time- I, I did he, keep putting it off. <laughs> he kept putting it off. And then he, and then he was like, oh, well, what about Superman Red Sun? And I was like, okay, well, we should definitely do that one. But like, why do you hate injustice? I, I essentially peer pressured Keaton into doing injustice. And you know, <laughs> it's not that I, it's not that I hate injustice. I think it's that I hate that how much people love Superman in injustice. Like I, lo- I love the Elseworld aspect, but like Superman is not to be looked up to in this one and it's it's funny because people look up to his character in this of course they do there's always that I mean, one person that wants every hero to become frank castle i mean there there is a lot of like ethical like what <sighs> there's a lot of bad shit that he does take care of but where's the line yeah. the whole thing is about where's the line uh, absolutely it's the the what if scenario in this is what if superman became a worldwide fascist and yeah well like, it, it's essentially what if the joker for one day decided one bad day it's all it takes <laughs> one bad day i still need to read all those uh one shots that they did one bad day this past year um so yeah so the joker essentially said I was tired of losing all the time, so I decided to go after <laughs> Superman. Yes. And in one day, he not only does he end up killing his wife and unborn child, but he gets Superman to do it. <laughs> and in doing so, Superman also destroys Metropolis. It's, it's such an elaborate plan, too. And it makes me think about that ridiculous line in the dark night with Heath Ledger's Joker when he's like, do I look like a guy with a plan? And I'm like, oh, yes, yes, you, you do. clearly make several <laughs> elaborate plans. Like, <laughs> like, you're constantly doing this. Yes. Ooh, what a conundrum to, to bring on pure chaos. You actually have to be very oh, yeah. organized and regimented. Oh yeah. What a mind twist that is. Absolutely. And this one was even more elaborate. Cause it's like, okay, we took, they took Scarecrow's fear gas, laced mm. it with kryptonite. I always forget then that part. Put a nuclear warhead detonator and attached it to Lois's heart. So when Lois's heart stopped beating, it would set off the bomb. Like honestly, I want to know what degrees Joker has that he just pulled all of this off. Like that's true. And is <laughs> he know? is he the one? Is he the one that in another storyline uh, removes Catwoman's heart, or was that someone else? It was Hush. It was Hush. That was what Hush. What is it with all the, like, heart stuff? Well, you know what? Everybody... At, least, at least Hush has a degree for it, though. Like That's he... true. Hush <laughs> Hush 
that is very, very true. The Joker, you're very right. How did he manage to not kill her? And I mean, you could say, okay, Harley Quinn was there, but no, she was a psychiatrist. She doesn't have surgical right. know-how. Right. Right. And so, whatever. yeah, it's just you like, know, uh, whatever. It is what it is. But it's so traumatic what happens to Superman, though, because like he thinks he sees Doomsday, and he's like, oh, no. My my wife and I know she's pregnant. She's in the room somewhere, and he takes Doomsday and flies it up into space, and then it wears the the kryptonite fear toxin wears off. Which oh my god, what a what a drug, right? Like wow. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it wears off, and he he realizes that he mistakenly killed Lois. When her heart stops beating, it sets off a nuke in Metropolis. Yeah, and before all this which I completely forgot, Joker just murdered Jimmy Olsen. Like, just oh, yeah. killed him. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Killed him dead. And so one thing I will say before we go on, Amelia did mm-hmm. great work reading the source material <laughs> from Injustice Gods Among Us Year One. I took the Cliff Notes version. Yep. And by Cliff Notes, I mean, my God, they changed a lot of it. And I just simply did a quick watch of Injustice, yep. the movie. Mrs. Foster would have given you like a D on your test. Mrs. Foster would have given me a D. For you had her, right? I absolutely did. I absolutely yep. had Nancy so, Foster. May God rest her soul. Oh, yeah. She did die. Um, yep. So we both had the same English teacher, but different years. I forget. Was it 11th grade? 10th grade? I forget which grade she she was she she was senior year english senior year english and people would always talk about how terrifying she was she was essentially one of those teachers who loved to be terrifying so she could be fun right if that makes sense the 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 teacher that has the you know you have to kind of be able in order to be able to be fun you have to be a little terrifying sometimes like make sure people stay in line she had a cup way. on she had a cup on her desk. I always remember that said uh ashes of problem students. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, That's good. Yeah. Good. You know? Yeah. There's a reason so many of of the people that went through turned out to be teachers themselves. Oh wow. Wow. Naya, right? God, she did win in the long she run. Wow. She did win. Love Aye. Mrs. Foster. Oh, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, she would be disappointed because, yeah, <laughs> I did. So I watched the movie and I completely forgot just how different the movie is from the book. And my favorite thing in the comic, because I do remember certain parts of the comic. It's just been a long time since I've read it. My favorite part in the comic completely got left out of the movie. Oh, and which that's part? When Superman... After Aquaman has mouthed off to him enough, mm. Superman decides, I'm going to take Atlantis and drop it in the middle of the Sahara Desert. And... They leave that out? They left it out of the movie. That's not in there. In that... the movie, Aquaman just says, I don't agree with you, Superman. And he leaves and you never see him again. <laughs> no, okay. So that's such an important part it of is. the storyline. It really not... is. So, so I actually wrote that part down. Let me see where I can find it. Cause, uh, yeah. So Shazam and Green Lantern help. Mm-hmm. They help remove Atlantis from the ocean, and they do it even though it quote it did not sit well with them. They still did it. That is like the first sign that 
Superman is really overstepping and yeah. that people are starting to conform, maybe even start obeying his instruction, even though it's really going in a bad direction. I mean, that's different than a regime was killing innocent people and we went in and we stopped it even though we don't know the politics. That's very different yeah, than we took different. we took the city of innocent people and we plopped it in the desert so they yeah, would and, be And injured. so yeah, they the movie keeps the trauma but it doesn't keep a lot of what I consider to be the essential storylines like Let's Luther being a double agent, he's not even mm. in the movie. Uh, ah. yeah, he's not in the movie. What else is different? Oh, there's no, there's no. So in the comic book and in the game, there was like a, a, a super pill that would make yeah. regular humans like temporarily able it? to fight on Superman's level. Nowhere in the movie. But nowhere in the movie. But, yes. But I, I know. I know. You're going to have uh, to give it a watch just to be disappointed. I don't, but I don't. I don't understand how you... Okay. That seems to take out major parts of the plot doing that. It, yes, it it does, but they shift it. So, yeah, they... And we'll get in, we'll get into it yeah. more. But, yeah, it they changed it a lot. The comic, I think, is way better than the... Comic's so good. ...than the movie. Okay, so, so asterisk. Okay, so when Keenan said that I read it, that is true. But we only agreed to talk about year one. Yes, which the I first think first twelve five issues. Five years. I think I think there's either four or five years, but yeah, we're covering what the first four, the first twelve issues, and then there's an annual. Yeah, so Injustice Gods Among Us Year One is what mm-hmm. we we agreed to cover. Uh, the story peters out over time. You you could really focus on Year One, and then Year Two kind of lets you see where things go because Year One ends on such a doozy. <laughs> yes, because I think I want to say the game takes place five years after the event, and so it kind of right. the comic was all about like bridging that gap. Yeah, and so I have not played the video that. game. I think you tried, but it wasn't that great. I just couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't get into it. I just it was it was by Nether Realm Studios who did Mortal Kombat, and so the combat the the fighting in it is very similar to Mortal Kombat without the gratuitous fatalities which i feel like you need if but uh, whatever i digress but yeah anyway <laughs> anyway so, gosh so, i'm all yeah, over the place we, with this one but um, the thing is, yeah we got we got a little info from all all of the different angles. okay so you could if you didn't want to commit to reading year one you could watch the movie but just keep in mind that keaton and my former senior year english teacher would fail you right that's true <laughs> that is very that's very, very true, unless you knew the proper loopholes. Um, so, that being said, so, one thing they do keep in the movie that is also in the comic is what happens immediately after this traumatic mm. event happens to Superman. Because the thing is, and this is one thing that I, I thought about with this, uh, with this podcast, as soon as this happens, Superman does not have time to practice any mindfulness. <laughs> There's well, no, there's no, like, well, I don't know or, if I or, agree with that. Or does he practice mindful, mindfulness and just come to the wrong solution? 
So, so I would, I would argue that mindfulness, especially if you've been practicing, it can be a few seconds. And if you have super speed, it can be ridiculously shorter than a millisecond. Super mindfulness. I never thought about, I never thought about this being. Mm -hmm. Now, now, now granted, (laughs) at the same time, if, if you're super speeding through your thought process, like there's actually this really cool time where in this comic, he actually goes and he talks to Flash because he's trying to make a decision and he can't talk it through with anyone else quickly enough to make the decision before he yeah. needed to make it. So, so you're also thinking and re- reacting to things a lot of times faster. But I would argue with Superman and Flash, in order to interact with people, they're very practiced in slowing themselves down to the point where they can interact with other people. Yeah. And other people can kind of understand what what's going on. Now, now granted, this is a this kind of traumatic situation and stress, yeah, it's gonna be a lot harder to give yourself that that pause. But yeah, he goes straight into action mode pretty much. And the thing is, like, I what what does happen next is what catches your your eye. Like it will be very hard to put the the stop watching the movie or put the comic mm. down once the the next thing transpires because he 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 goes to Gotham and he in gratuitous fashion murders the Joker. Uh yeah. for that scene alone, the animated movie is actually rated R. Uh, because they were like, oh no, we're it keeping that in here. It is a very invincible level. It does gratuitous. it does have an invincible vibes to it. It does. Uh, which is like, which is why, like I said, when I read it, it it does feel like, it does feel a little bit like if a middle schooler got to write his own rated R movie, like with the, <laughs> it it does have that that feel to it. But it, it there are some good things. There are so, some 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 good things in there. So you know what I would say is that what I do like about this is that. I don't think anyone would disagree. It would take such an extreme set of circumstances for Superman in the way that we know him, Clark Kent in the way that we know him, right, to suddenly shift to being violent and taking lives. Right. And so it would need to be something almost ridiculously extreme where like it's like, "Oh happened? my god, yeah. yes." In order yes. for this to even be something that you could see being remotely feasible. And and what's interesting is we have to talk about Batman because the Bat Therapy podcast, but you get to see Bruce Wayne and Batman and Superman re- re- responding and reacting to each other. And yeah. and you I think see Batman being disappointed in how Superman reacts because he's always seen Superman as being the better form of humanity. Yeah, he's and a beacon. He's, he's the yes. beacon that every he's the he's the 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 template that everyone looks to as far yes. as how to be a good hero and an even better person, right? Like he he's just the the shining the shining yes. light and uncorruptible. And you know, yes. looking at this comic, it makes me feel like of course, it makes me feel like Batman's the one that's uncorruptible. Because you see mm. just how, and it's just like the Joker said, the Joker even admitted, he's like, I got tired of losing. Yeah. In other words, I could not make Batman tick. 
I think that's what he meant when he mm-hmm. said, I got tired of losing. He's like, I cannot yeah. shake Batman's sense of heroism. I can't shake his moral mm-hmm. code where he refuses to kill. So I'm going to mess with Superman. And yeah, I, I think that's what it, I think that's what he meant by all that. And so it was really interesting because if the same thing had happened in Gotham, I don't think that I think Batman in in his set in his stone ways like I don't know if he would have reacted the way that Superman did yeah I now I guess an argument for that too is how much is that his sense of heroism and how much of it is he had so much ripped away not to the same level but he had so much ripped away as a kid so he keeps everyone and everything more at arm's length and it's more that's true you know there there's obsessiveness and 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 their relationships and all these but there there's not that closeness that clark kent slash superman has in his life and so would it be technically a comparable loss i don't think so i don't know i don't think so because we I, i i also forget lois was pregnant so that was bad too and mm-hmm. so it was, oh my gosh, he, what he goes through, I don't blame him in the beginning because when he kills the Joker, that's one of those where I'm like, that's been a long time yeah. coming. Like and, and the Superman fact that Gotham's even, justice system had not taken care of that already. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he even brings up to Batman, who's culpable here? If, if the Joker keeps doing this and, and taking lives over and over and over again, and you aren't taking the next step forward, which one of us isn't the hero? Is it the person who acts and and kills to stop the issue? Or is it the one who doesn't kill and then the issue continues? And that's something you see throughout the comic where what, what is corruption? And they end up on different sides of the coin because Batman says, no, you don't cross certain lines. And Superman says, if you don't cross those lines, these things don't get resolved. And so do you instill fear in people, which is what builds fear, resentment. This reactance can kind right. of come into play because Superman takes over so that people don't become violent. Or do you take away that fear, allow people freedom, but then there's more violence? Right. And honestly, that's what made me think like on, I never really appreciated the name until I gave it more mm. thought, like the whole concept of gods among us, because and it, it, it almost does give like a, re- a religious aspect to it. Like if you are omnipotent and all powerful, mm-hmm. that means when bad things happen on your watch, it's because you allowed it to. Mm. And and I think that's what Superman saw. He was like, yeah. I always, and I think he even says at one point, he's like, I always react to bad things yeah. instead of stopping them before they happen. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought it was, I thought that was it because I thought, okay, God's among us. Like it yeah. really kind of well, and, cemented and so that. There's a lot of psychologically interesting thing, things happening when it comes to the superheroes in this story. So like when I was talking about Atlantis and how that's an important precipice essentially for Shazam and uh, Green Lantern, they become culpable in something that's not just directly helping in a superhero status with that. 
they are actively trying to force Aquaman and his people to essentially allow Superman to control them if he wants to. Yeah. They're saying Superman's more powerful. You can't tell us that we can't control you too if we want to. Because Aquaman sees the writing on the wall and he says, you're going to leave the ocean people alone. And Superman says, it's not up to you. <laughs> yeah. He's just uh, like, yeah. I'll do it if I want to. Right. And it's funny because I feel like A Aquaman had this thing like, stay off my lawn. Yeah. And Superman was like, it's all my lawn. Like, all of it. Like, yeah. All of it's my lawn. And he even gets his friends to join along. So he gets them to conform, essentially going along with, with your peers, that whole peer pressure thing, where mm -hmm. sometimes we go along with something, even if we're pretty sure or we're even sure that it's not right. Right. Um, and, and they've done like different experiments and things where they have people um, essentially going in and okay, here's, here's, uh, so the ash line experiment for anybody who knows about that. So essentially you've got three different size lines and you're given a line and you say, okay, which, which of those three lines is the same length as the one that, that you're given over here? And it's pretty obvious, but then you have other people in the room that give the wrong answer. They all give a different answer together. Okay. And so then what do you do? Do you go along with the group and you give that answer that's wrong or do you stick with your right answer? And they found that a lot of people would give the wrong answer. That's really, so it's almost like a hive mind mentality kind of thing. Yeah, it, 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 you know, it, it's do I conform to the people around me? And a lot of times um, if, if everyone's in agreement except for you, a lot of times you might question yourself. You, you might question yourself and, hey, maybe they know something that I don't know. Mm. Or you might not want to stand out. Not everyone. It's going to depend more on your personality on if you choose to stand out and give a different answer versus going along with everyone else. And, and oh, so, yeah. So here you have these things. So. The interesting thing, though, is there's conformity, so you conform to your peers, and then there's obedience, where you you go along with someone who has a higher status or more power than you. And that's what I was going to ask, because I'm like, it the people that are following Superman, I'm like, is it because exactly. they realize there's... He's the most powerful. Right. Yeah. He's the most powerful. It's a good question. It, in, the be in the beginning... Uh, so Joker says something about Superman essentially having the delusion that he's human and he uses the term delusion. And it, it's an interesting thing where over time he almost becomes more alien, more separated from the people without superpowers. Right. And, and even within the superheroes, I think they were all friends and considered themselves on the same level. But once he started stepping up, I think actually, yeah, people said, okay, well, he has the most power. Right. And and for some reason, they said the most power equals the best ability to decide what to do, which those aren't necessarily equal Absolutely things. not. And one of the things I appreciated about the comic that the movie also left out is at one point, Flash just dips. 
mm-hmm. just leaves and he runs to Australia and he's like, I'm just going to run and think. Yep. In the movie, he just he he dies looking for Joker at the beginning. Oh. Like, yeah, they just like, oh God, it's, 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 it's. <laughs> read the comic, people. Read the comic, yeah. Read, read the comic. Don't. Yeah, in the comic, it. Yeah. You're right. So, um, essentially, there are multiple characters that start to question, and a lot of times it happens a little bit more quietly, unless they're with Batman. So Batman is right. the obvious dissenter of them right. all, and then you have his kind of group of people. Uh, like Black Canary and Green Arrow are sided with him, uh, Black Lightning and some other people. And then you have the people that are with Superman. And you, yeah, you see them kind of quietly question in one way or another. And yeah, Flash just, um, I think it's after Super, so okay. So Superman and Wonder Woman is all about it. She's got the hots for warrior type Superman. She's been wanting to see this. She can't help but want the warrior ways, even though she thinks yeah. she wants peace. Yeah. She can't help. She was trained to be a warrior and she just falls right into it. So she's all on board for the Superman. Um, so they're like trying to control things. And so people react. They say, we don't want our freedoms taken from us. And there's this, there's this young man in a a super suit and he tries to stop them. And Superman didn't know he wasn't as powerful as he was seeming when he came at him. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, he, I think he makes him, they don't really go into detail, but they allude that he essentially made him paraplegic. And so Flash goes off um, and and runs away because Batman, of course, catches on to this and is like, hey, I want you to see this kid's room. And he sees that he adored all these heroes. Mm-hmm. He sees all of them on the wall. And he's like, look what you guys did to this kid. And you guys were his hero. And so, yeah, this is Flash taking that in and saying, mm, just because Superman is the most powerful does he is he the best voice to listen to? Does he right? He's not all knowing, right? All powerful and all knowing are different. Yeah, very, very, very different things. And and I just I really appreciated the fact that they just took that time and he's like, I just need to think, which goes to show just yeah. how much thinking he needs to do. That he ran to Australia, and we already mentioned he has super thought, so he was very yeah. mindful. <laughs> Yeah, he's very mindful, but like the comic just does. But one thing that was really interesting to me was I wasn't really a fan of what they did with Wonder Woman in this because mm-hmm. it was almost like she was more violent than hero. Like it was, it was, it was weird. It it, it didn't seem like she wanted to do good as much as fight. It, it yeah. was very, and also it was weird because they like had this. They basically made her just want Superman. They did. But so here's the thing. I mean, I mean, there are storylines where they put those two together. True. Um, and there's even one comic book thread. I, I, you know, I never remember de- details <laughs> of where to find these things, but there's a comic book thread 
where um, she actually kills someone in order to, gosh, I'm trying to remember now. I think he was going to reveal people's identities or I can't remember, but it was one of like a really serious bad guy and she ends up killing him. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, Superman, Batman have to decide how they're going to be with her after that. Batman is um, not thrilled. I'm sure of course you, not. Yes, but he never so they, is. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they've kind of alluded to these things before and she does come from a uh, island of female warriors. And so in this, they at least try to explain it away. But I, I totally hear you. In that, w- would she shift so quickly into right. peace through through right pseudo war she kind of talks herself into it's it's peace because look no one's fighting but really they are fighting people <laughs> yeah like when when aries is a voice of reason you really need to just take take a step <laughs> back and think about what it is you're doing like oh wow <laughs> there's so much happening that aries sounds like a potential pacifist and I know. and she's like <laughs> yeah god of war i'll just smack him down whatever yeah can't can't be the god of war if there's no war. <laughs> that's that's basically what she says, and it's, oh my God. it's it's really it's really funny the way it happens. But yeah, Superman just kind of goes, uh he he just kind of goes like he. I'm gonna say he overcorrects because honestly, had had he stopped right after the Joker, mm. right after killing the Joker. No one would have thought twice. Well, no Batman one, would have, but Batman, him. Batman would have, but everyone else would have been. Gotham would have been relieved. Yep. Gotham would have been when if Gotham saw. Oh, by the way, y'all, Superman killed Joker today. Not a single person in Gotham, except for Harley Quinn, would lose sleep. <laughs> Not a yeah. single. Even the even the other villains would be like, oh, thank. <sighs> okay. He like, did cause everyone a lot of problems. Right, yeah. he causes everyone problems. Like yeah, he's just yeah, yeah. he Joker's the worst. He really is the worst because even if you are working alongside him, it's like nope, this isn't gonna go well. <laughs> this isn't gonna <laughs> I, like there's a fifty fifty shot. I am going to be dead. <laughs> right, he is such a is he's such a loose cannon. And so when that happened, it was one of those things like oh wow. Mm-hmm. And, and then you realize, oh, this is only the beginning of the second issue. This is uh, this is gonna be bad. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I think that's the point that they're they're trying to have here is where are your checks and balances? How do you, how do you know who gets to decide? How do you know when it's time to act? And there, there's even characters who kind of point out, like I think the Huntress and Damian Wayne. They point out, uh, you know, Batman, you don't you aren't all knowing either. Right. You know, you're talking about how Superman is, is imperfect and we can't just go along with everything he wants. Well, we can't, you know, who says you are the voice of reason, which I mean is is fair. Yeah. Um, but you, you see a lot of different ways in which it's very tricky to figure out what is the voice of reason. What is yeah. the best route? I mean, you have all these innocent people not dying because right. they act. But then when you act so strong-armed without having some checks and balances in place, because Superman just kind of stops listening to anyone who doesn't agree with him. Exactly. Then 
you're going to start doing things that you don't realize are overstepping the line. I mean, he doesn't think there was anything wrong with taking Atlantis and plopping it into the desert. And what's ironic is how is that different from the the wars and everything? He's talking about all these innocent people and they're not dying. Well, guess what? You endangered innocent people. Why did you do it? So another group of warring people would stop. Well, what do you think all these other people are doing? This is how all these things happen. And it goes and it said like it goes kind of back to what I was saying with overcorrecting because the next thing they show after when he like makes his statement that like no more war, no more fighting, they show him stop a drone strike that would have killed mm. some innocent people, which I'm all for. I'm like, yep. yeah, I'm like, yeah, Superman just saved those people. And of course, the drone strike, though, was from the United States, mm-hmm. right? Like they were the. The ones that were just gonna kill innocent, innocent bystanders, and then they were like, "Oh, Superman's the this isn't okay because now Superman's interfering with our plans, and we're the good guys." And so it, it. Oh yeah, the United States does not come out looking great, which I'm all for. Honestly, there was there was like, yeah. no fudging of things right. with that. But it was it it was interesting because it made me think about the fact that I think that most people see themselves as the protagonist or mm. the, the the good guy, right? Yeah. Even the best villains even think they're doing the right thing. A lot right? of times, yeah. A lot of the times they do. And so it was funny because I thought about it, I was like, wow, the United States is like, how dare Superman get in the way of us making peace, right? And Superman's yeah. like, you were about to kill innocent people to maybe kill one bad guy. Like, yeah. What's wrong with you? And and so it it's it's very interesting how that all works because there've been yeah. so many times when I've been in a situation and I saw myself as doing the right thing and then mm-hmm. I realized later on from someone else's perspective. Yeah. I wasn't doing the right thing. From my yeah. eyes, I was completely justified. I completely understood why I was doing it. Like I mm-hmm. could go through it and it's like when I tell this story, I'm clearly the hero. From and some, that, yeah. I think, is why Batman sees himself as the right path. Because I don't... I think he's the least likely one to call himself a hero. That's true. So he's he's not seeing it as... I'm on the right side, but I'm doing the best I can. And he has this kind of obsessive quality right. about everything. And um, I think he'd be one of the first ones to say, yeah, I I make mistakes and I am imperfect. Yeah. And he did probably even say Clark Kent is as close to perfect as you can get. But then oh, yeah. if he oversteps, if, if Clark Kent, and actually there's a point where Wonder Woman's starts calling him Cal. So if he shifts uh, yeah. to a more kind of alien perspective and more of the separation and he just starts acting without feeling and thinking and, and processing through things first and he just sees himself as the hero all the time, that's a problem. It's a problem if you think you're, you're the hero all the time. It's impossible. Like you were saying, it is impossible to be the hero to everyone all of the time. 
Yeah, and the thing is, he really gets away from what makes him human. One, because he loses yeah. all of his human of friends that does. are around him. Jimmy, Lois, Perry. Uh, and, and he even takes his parents and just moves them to the fortress Mm -hmm. of of solitude and so it's like how much communication is he having with them because he does slowly become more and more alien and part of it is because he stops interacting with humanity mm -hmm. he, he's... And, and of course he does he's in so much pain you know? yeah uh, of course he does that but you're right he he separates from the very thing that helps him probably make the best choices right and Batman sees that. And I think that's why Batman is so cautious about things. I don't I don't think per se he has a problem with um, Superman st stopping the, the deaths of innocent people. I'm sure he doesn't have an issue with that. But the fact that he's not questioning his actions anymore in, in the way he would if he was more connected to to humanity. And it honestly, it made me think about the, the number of times where something's been bothering me or I've been upset about something and I don't talk to anyone about it mm. and you just kind of get lost in your own head yeah. to the point that some stuff is something that actually happened and a lot of stuff are lines that you connect it that might not necessarily be connected. And mm. I feel like it's only when you do talk it out with someone that you realize, oh, I might have been thinking about that, yeah, the wrong way. Like I, and, and it's 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 and good he, to stay connected with someone. I and think. he feigns, he he feigns, allowing for that. Yeah. He fakes it. So Superman, he sits down with the leaders of Israel and Palestine, and he essentially says like they're little kids no one gets to leave this room until there's peace and these are really complicated centuries old issues that are that are going on and and so it it seems like superman is saying we trust you guys to to figure this out but there's a actually a threat at the end of it where he's like or i will do it for you right it's and so, so really different. yeah that's different and it's like it felt like it felt like a kindergarten classroom when two kids are fighting with each other and it's like both of you need to work this out or neither of you are going to go to recess and it's yeah. like they've been at war for a thousand years like you mm -hmm. can't just put two people in a room and tell two societies that have been at war with each other to work it out unless it's under penalty of death right like yeah. and and it's and, like and, you don't see that you're the villain here. <laughs> and he doesn't because he only sees the end goal of they're not at war anymore. There aren't deaths, right. which I don't think we would argue with the fact that, hey, we would love for there not to be deaths here. But it's so complicated. Unfortunately, there are these very complicated human interactions and, and societal things where, like we were saying earlier, no one can always be the hero to everyone all of the time. And and so what is peace to one person might be very restrictive and and feel like, you know, a a, a traumatic restriction for someone else. I mean, like how how do you fix these things? And Superman 
is saying fix it, but uh, like, what's the right answer in these situations? And so what's interesting is, um, because I was reading up on different stuff about just how people kind of react and respond in, in these scenarios, like, you know, we were talking about people conforming and how people might start kind of obeying Superman over time. I found this one thing about compensation, which I think is so interesting for superheroes, which essentially simplifying it down. um, If we're doing something we don't feel good about, we try and balance it out with something that can make us feel better about ourselves. Right. And so essentially Superman can compensate and be like, well, I'm stopping war. I'm stopping deaths. I'm stopping this, that, and the other. And no one's going to argue with that. But then at what cost? And and who gets to decide what cost is worth it versus what's not? And I don't know. The tricky thing is at the end of the day, there are a lot of lives saved. So there is are. the compensation worth it? Ugh. And see, and this is something I can't remember if they did it in the comic, but they did it in the movie. In the movie, at what at one point, there are people that are kind of protesting against what Superman is doing. And it's just a bunch of kids in the in mm-hmm. a club and they're all dressed. They're all dressed in like Joker makeup. And they're just partying after like after curfew. Mm. Superman shows up and kills all of them. Just kills all of them to just send a message. And that was in the movie. And I think it's because they didn't, it was a 90 minute movie. They didn't have time to like (laughs) suss out all the deepness of it. They were just like, by the way, Superman's super evil. Now everyone look and they could have, you could have gotten that from him lifting Atlantis, that there are questionable things he was doing. But Right, except they immediately made him into a mass murderer instead of like, yes. hey, Superman, that's not that safe. Those people really need water. Like, and at least left it up to question. But this, he, it was yeah. like, oh, he just killed a bunch of, he just, he just straight up heat visions a bunch of teenagers that are mad because they don't want to go to bed like it's it's yeah what and is it a good decision to dress like joker no no especially around him but uh but also it was still just cosplay bad cosplay (laughs) but still just cosplay right cosplay has its consequences right Right. Like and and so it's one of those it it was one of those things where they immediately were like made him the villain instead of you at least having questions about Yeah. Well, he's not he's making sure no one dies, but here it's like okay, he's clearly out of pocket at this point. And it's yeah, it's so tricky cuz okay, well if people have options, then there's unfortunately you have this build up to inevitably someone something bad happens. Like we're talking about things are not black and white. You're not you can't always be the hero kind of thing. Um but if you have someone saying, "Okay, you have to do this or you can't do that," which is essentially what Superman is coming in and doing. You also, I mean, depending on what kinds of things you're limiting, people are going to be reactive for different circumstances. But what he's doing is naturally going to have large 
populations of people essentially feeling threatened and therefore reacting and not wanting to lose their freedom to to do certain things. Right. And and so I think he expected people to just be okay with it. And this once again might be part of the faction for Batman is is he saying it's not that simple and if you're going for the goal you're going for fear is going to have to reign on high because people don't just follow suit like sheep they're not just going to be herded into the gate yeah and you know one one way that they do wrap up the movie that i thought was really interesting that's that's different from the comic is in the movie the way it's resolved is um they go to an alternate earth and they get a uh, they go to an earth where a pregnant lois has lost her superman Mm. And they bring her, and basically they just show her disappointment with this Superman. Yeah. And I think him actually seeing a pregnant Lois in front of him, he just, he gives up. He's like, I messed up. I screwed up. Y'all need to put me in prison. And he just goes quietly. And that's how the movie wraps. And I did kind of like it because... Yeah, it was an alternate reality where this person did actually exist. But sometimes I think even when you're lost, like if you really think back and like, what is this really the right thing to do and base it off of those good times that you had and Mm -hmm. actually those deep conversations that you had with this person that you love, you realize what I'm doing right now isn't necessarily the right thing. And it was like it. It, it kind of it instead of the alternate reality, if what he did was just have like introspection, I think he yeah. could have probably figured that out. And I think he thought he had introspection. But everyone that knew him well, his his parents, for example, Bruce Wayne, I think as well, knew that that wasn't happening because he was in so much pain. Right. But he wasn't able to fully experience that. And so he ended up being more and more okay with decisions where unfortunately if you want to stop violence there is violence that has to happen in yeah. certain circumstances or at least you know that's how it plays out in in this plot and so like i mean he kills green arrow he breaks bruce wayne's back he breaks batman's back um which you know poor batman seems like you can't get through especially any his kind bat. Of plot without his i know his yeah back. his back oh. just has yeah, he needs a chiropractor for sure. He he lifts Atlantis. He um I mean I gosh, I'm forgetting who. He obliterated I think it was some villains at one point with his heat vision. And the, the I mean this is all stuff in year one. Oh yeah, because they go to they go time. to Arkham and there there's like a big fight at Arkham with a bunch of the Arkham villains. There's a big fight at Oh yeah, and then he takes them all and essentially takes them away and puts them somewhere they can't escape, but right. no one knows where it is. He's well, like, it's, a, it's fine, guys. I got it. Don't you worry. Yikes. Don't worry. They're safe. So, Wink. yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that he takes control over. So you're right. That introspection doesn't happen. And so, it would, it, yeah, it would take a shock like that because 
Yeah. Uh, no one really breaks through to him just because of how painful it was. And honestly, that's one thing that's interesting, too, because I still feel for this Superman because you think about what happened to him. It is hard to get grounded in reality when there's that much pain. That, and when you have something yeah. that horrible happen and you have the power of Superman. Right. I mean, who wouldn't use it? Right. It'd be I don't very, know. It'd I, be very difficult after. I'm after not saying that, punch a heart, punch, punch through Joker's heart necessarily, but but just generally, who wouldn't use those powers to? I don't know, make some sort of big change from there because you have the ability to do something big. Most of the time, everyone's struggling when something so terrible happens because they see how powerless they are. But instead of acknowledging that even though he's powerful, he's also powerless in certain scenarios. Yeah. He is instead isn't allowing himself to feel that powerlessness and acknowledge that even he can't control everything and he goes out and he controls everything yeah. around him. Yeah. But even, yeah, but even then it's, it's, it doesn't work. It just doesn't. It doesn't work. And it, yeah, you you really feel for him. It's a it's a it's a it is a good story. I'm sorry we put it off for so long. It is a good story, Amelia. It's okay. <laughs> Do we have a mindful nerd moment? Yeah. So what I was thinking of doing was something a little bit lighter. So we didn't really talk too much about it, but there's this really fun subplot. I don't know what what it is about the, the these like side bits in comics and a lot of them including harley quinn and just being <laughs> so fun but essentially so harley quinn was helping joker when all this went down mm-hmm. and so the joker gets murdered in a not so great way and green arrow essentially goes and gets harley quinn and hides her uh because um, he's essentially trying to help Superman not keep killing people. Right. <laughs> so he's like, we don't know what's going to happen, so let's hide her. Uh, and there's just like a lot of fun stuff going back and forth with them. Like they go to the Arrow Cave and she makes fun of it being called the Arrow Cave and says, why are you copying Batman? You should call it the Quiver, which <laughs> uh, is totally better. It a better is a name. great name. That is a great name. And she points out that he has an arrow that has like a essentially like a a punching glove on the end of it that you can like punch things with. Mm -hmm. So what I thought we could do is envision that we are Green Arrow practicing some target practice with the punching arrow. Because, you know, practice makes perfect and he's perfect at shooting the arrow. So he's got to practice at some point. So he's in the arrow cave or quiver whichever you want to call it and he's doing some target practice all right all right so we're gonna sit comfortably sitting straight but not stiff Uh, if you're comfortable with it closing your eyes or you can just soften your gaze not looking at anything in particular and first just pay attention to your breath focus on your breath to help you hone in on this mindful nerd moment And as you focus on your breath, I want you to shift from being yourself to being Green Arrow, Oliver Queen, and feel what it's like to breathe those breaths as Oliver Queen. 
You look around you and you are in the arrow cave. And you're about to shoot your punching arrow because sometimes you have to punch people who are really far away. But in order to do that, you got to practice. So you pick up the arrow. You line it up so that you're aiming at a target across the room. It's really far away. It's all the way on the other side of the cave. You're really good. So you're shooting it really far. You set up your arrow. You aim toward that target. You pull the arrow back. And you feel all of the different parts of this motion. Feeling the tension in the bow. Feeling how your muscles shift as you pull the arrow back. You steady your gaze on the target and you take a few deep breaths, using your breath to help you make sure that you hit your target. You breathe in and out, in and out. You breathe in and then as you breathe out, you release the arrow and you hear it shoot across the room and hit the target in a bullseye. Punch in dead center. And then you lower your arm. You put your bow next to you. You smile. You're satisfied. And you're ready for the next thing. And now we're going to shift from Oliver now that we've punched the target. So paying attention to your breath once again, shifting from breathing as Oliver Queen back to being yourself. And when you're ready, just kind of shifting in your seat a little bit, just getting used to where you are. You're no longer in the arrow cave. You're back in your own cave or room or wherever you are. And we'll wrap up the podcast. And hopefully, I mean, if anyone listening to us are archers they're probably cringing because i don't know the terms for anything but you know <laughs> i did the best i could <laughs> yeah, what you that's all that uh i i uh i'm sorry you didn't even get the chance to ask what i thought but i assume i assume that's what was coming <laughs> i <laughs> i did laugh at uh because sometimes you need to punch things that are really far away. <laughs> That's what he says in the comic. I yes. felt like I had to include that. Yes, he does. <laughs> he does. Yeah, it's a, it's a great line. But yeah, I like that. Just like, because even though it's that's Green Arrow doing it, those like tasks that you feel like you do all the time, when mm. you do them enough, you are able to just be completely lost that thought while doing it. It reminds me of when I was a chemist and I would prep samples when it was the same prep over mm-hmm. and over and over again, it got to the point that I could do it and mm-hmm. do it well while still being mindful and just like kind of getting myself, my head together or thinking about something else completely mm-hmm. because I'm so locked in on that same task, the way Green Arrow shoots arrows. Yep. I'm so locked in on that task that I'm able to still just be thinking about something else completely. Yes. While still doing that task. 
And so that's the thing to be careful about because I, I, so different levels of complexity of tasks require different levels of attention. And and complexity has a lot to do also with how regular you do something, how much you practice it, and just your ability level with it just generally. Right. And it's kind of like, um, you know, what you were talking about. Sometimes what can happen is kind of like if there's a certain place that you travel to all the time, mm-hmm. you can sometimes get there and not remember the process of getting there. Yeah. And so mindfulness is returning back to paying attention to the process of getting there. Yeah. And we don't necessarily need to be so focused on that every single time per se, but it can be a really great way to just hone in and check in with yourself, see how you're doing, see if the process of whatever it is, if it's actually going the way you want it to versus just kind of being along for the ride. Uh, And it can just be pleasant to appreciate the process, especially with these things that are very regular. It almost makes it special to kind of like if you have coffee every morning. Well, taking a moment to actually fully appreciate that first sip of coffee or taking a moment to really hone in on shooting that that arrow. Uh, So, yeah, just making sure that these things that are every day, we can still appreciate the process true i feel like if i did that like i would i I feel like i would have i would have a more fulfilled life if i really took Mm. in every little thing i was doing go mindful nerd moments plug them in every day nice thanks for nerding out with us i'm clinical psychologist dr amelia brown find me on social media at crafting the mind And I'm comic enthusiast and professional nerd, Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at TeamJBS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. See you next week. Same Bat time, same Bat channel.